You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. If you're stuck in a relationship quandary, or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask on the Savage Podcast. If we didn't have a Utah, we'd have to make Utah up. Just reading a news story from Fox 13 News, Salt Lake City. Apparently, the city council in Lehigh, Utah, has voted to rename, change the name of a street in Lehigh. The name had been Morning Glory, but a company called Exactware, which was constructing a new building on the street, felt that the name Morning Glory conflicted with their international corporate image. So the city council voted unanimously to change the name of Morning Glory Street to Morning Vista Street. And I'm just wondering how long it's going to take the forces of dorkness on the internet to get together and come up with a new meaning for Morning Vista that conflicts with Exactware's international corporate image. It seems like it would be easily done. Morning Glory, of course, has a sexual connotation apparently according to one of the city council members. Um, Morning Glory, I guess, is early AM sex. You roll over and fuck the shit out of each other. That's Morning Glory. Uh, could have been worse. Could have been Glory Hole Lane or something. Morning Glory seems pretty tame as sexual connotations go. But what could Morning Vista be? I really feel like we should push back against this, you know, infantile corporate sex negativity and make sure that Morning Vista itself soon has a sexual connotation that offends the good and decent corporations of Lehigh, Utah. I'm thinking. That view from you know when a when a man and a woman, when a mommy and a daddy love each other very much, and daddy goes down on mommy first thing in the morning and looks up from her pussy and sees her tits in the soft morning light in her face, that would be a lovely morning vista, those sort of rolling hills. So perhaps that should be what morning vista means now. It is the view from the pussy of the person eating the pussy first thing in the morning while you're having morning glory sex or something. Anyway, that little bit of stupidity uh, came to us courtesy of a savage love reader. A little more sex stupid last week. Chicago's Cardinal George, the Archbishop, the Archdiocese of Chicago, said that gay people can't marry because we can't consummate our marriages. Marriage comes to us from nature, Chicago's Cardinal Francis George said in a recent interview. That's based on the complementarity of the two sexes in such a way that the love of a man and a woman joined in marital union is open to life and that's how families are created and society goes along. It is not a doctrine. It is not a matter of faith. It is a matter of reason and understanding of the way nature operates. So this is his argument that because gay people can't have sex because we can't consummate our marriages and if we can't have sex, why is what we're doing a sin if it's not anything at all? It's just – Friendly boners bouncing against each other. It's not – we can't consummate. We can't fuck. If we can't fuck, why were you burning us at the stake for hundreds of years again? Can you explain that to us, Cardinal? But here's you – know, they call this the natural law argument, that marriage is recognizing that a man and a woman can create new life and binding those people together for life to raise that kid. It is the latest in a series of double standards that apply only to gay people. When gay people want to marry, marriage is about children. When gay people want to marry, marriage is about 
monogamy. When gay people want to marry, marriage is about faith. Now, straight people can marry and have children or not. They can marry and be monogamous or not. They can marry in a church or a, a city hall so they can have a, you know, a religious ceremony or not. It's up to them. When it comes to straight people marrying – like. Nobody gives a shit if you can have children or not. Nobody gives a shit if you consummate your marriage or not. It's not like the cardinal comes around to your house in Chicago after you get married in a Catholic church to make sure you fucked the wife, right? You can be married and straight and never consummate your marriage. You can be incapable of consummating your marriage and marry if you're straight. Only suddenly when gay people want the same rights, gay couples want the same rights and responsibilities that all other couples are, are entitled to, suddenly we find out that – you got to fuck to win and and the the way you fuck has to be open to life. Now, you would think people who believe that, you know, there's a magic sky god who performs miracles. And the Catholic Church is, you know, always gonging saints and they have to have a couple of miracles for those saints. Wouldn't run around saying that two men couldn't have a baby. I thought anything was possible with God that if God wanted Terry to drop a baby that I could knock Terry up. God knows. I've inseminated that boy often enough. Who knows? There could be a miracle. Anything is possible with a god. But they say it's not natural, gay marriage. These elderly celibates in silk dresses swishing around Vatican City say that nature intended us to marry. Except for them. God and nature intended us to marry. I love what Hemant Mata had to say at The Friendly Atheist. Where he wrote about Cardinal George, you know what's unnatural? A wafer magically turning into a 2,000-year-old dead guy's body. But Cardinal George has no problem accepting that one. Illinois is on the verge of approving marriage equality. That's why Cardinal George is taking his turn in the shit your dress, shit your pants. I don't know if he wears pants. Shit your cassock uh, moment that all the archbishops in the United States are going to have to go through. We just had it in Seattle with Salatin. I think that's our cardinal's name. I don't even know. And Dolan in New York, Archbishop Dolan got to shit his cassock. Now it's Archbishop George's turn to go ahead and shit his cassock about marriage equality. These are the same people who opposed votes for women, uh, the same church that said that slavery wasn't a sin, the same church that opposed giving women ether as they gave birth because it says right there in the Bible that women are supposed to suffer in pain at childbirth as punishment for you know what Adam and Eve did. What Eve did because all the blame went to her. Uh, and now these are the same people who are running around saying that because gay people can't consummate our marriages, uh, we shouldn't be allowed to marry because it's not natural, says the elderly celibate in the dress. Please ignore the elderly celibate in the dress. The Catholic Church has been wrong about almost everything from the movement of the planets through epidurals for women during childbirth uh, to votes for women to slavery and now to this, to marriage equality, which is coming whether or not Cardinal George is. Your calls after this. This episode is brought to you by AdamandEve.com. For a limited time only, Adam and Eve will let you pick three free adult DVDs with your order. Just go to AdamandEve.com and enter Savage at checkout. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace.com's content management system makes it fast and easy to create a high-quality website, blog, or online portfolio. Everything you need to create an exceptional website. And they recently launched a developer platform for complete code control. For a free trial and 10% off new accounts, go to squarespace.com savage and use offer code savage1. Hey, Dan. I am a 
22-year-old straight girl, and I am having a issue with my boyfriend. So we have a pretty good vanilla sexual relationship, but alas, my boyfriend has never made me come, and he really isn't terribly interested in foreplay. Whenever we get going, you know, it doesn't take very long for him to just be in me and fucking me. And then as soon as that's over, it's over. He doesn't really offer to make me come after he has. And I think this is because every time he's tried in the past nine months we've been dating, he's failed and I never have come. I think he's incredibly discouraged and has somewhat given up. So I'm calling you now because a few hours ago he left my apartment upset because I called him a selfish lover. And I just would like some advice on how to approach this topic in a tactful way, but in a way that's going to get me what I want, which isn't much. I have a question for you, but unfortunately I cannot call you back because you didn't leave a number. And that is, do you masturbate? Can you make yourself come? That's really important. You don't say how old you are. You don't, you don't, don't give me all sorts of details that would be really helpful in, in constructing some advice for you. But what it comes down to is, as I've said a million times, when a guy arrives, a straight guy arrives at partnered intercourse, when he's in bed with a woman, he's been jacking off for four, five, ten years. He knows exactly how his dick works, exactly what kind of stimulation and uh, friction he needs to get there. He knows exactly what the approach feels like uh, as you know the arousal level increases to his point of no return. He knows that every beat, every second of it. Sometimes guys know it too well and then can't adapt to – the different sensations that partnered intercourse uh, provides them, which you know is the death grip and everything else that we talk about. Uh, too many women arrive at partnered hetero intercourse without ever having masturbated, and then they look at their male partner and go, "Okay, uh, make me come. It's your job. Look, ma, no hands." If you can't make yourself come, uh, the odds that he's going to be able to make you come, flying blind into your vagina, are very slim. So, what you need to do with your partner is to really dial back the the guilt and recrimination. Um, it does sound like he's being thoughtless. He made an attempt to, to get you off once or twice and it didn't work. And it doesn't sound like you guys were communicating well about this, uh, about it not working. What you need to do is ratchet everything back to go. And if you can masturbate, if you do masturbate, and if you can climax when you masturbate, instead of pointing him at your lady bits and saying, your turn, make me come, masturbate with him. Show him how you get yourself off. Uh, it may be that your body needs to transition to someone else pleasing you and getting you off um, and it will be easier for your body to transition to that, for you to psychologically make that leap if at least at first with a partner in bed with you, um, he's assisting you as you masturbate as opposed to taking full control of your vag and, and, and you're getting off. So instead of treating this like he's failed, he's selfish and you know, for the record, it sounds like he may be selfish. He's certainly being opportunistic. He's certainly 
not taking responsibility for your pleasure uh, in a way that that I believe that a sex partner is obligated to. Uh, but he may feel hopeless and helpless and a little at sea, particularly if you're not giving him the kind of information and input that he needs, if you're not assisting him in getting you off, uh, which you should do and you can do. And most people who are you know, a little bit older and past the like, look, ma, no hands, I'm having partnered sex now hang up, do do. Most people pleasure themselves a little bit as they roll around with the person who is – uh, pleasuring them and the person that they are also pleasuring at the same time, so it may help, you know, soothe the hurt feelings on both sides. Uh, maybe even really help if you say, you know, the next few times we're together, let's get together. I really want to make this work. Let's masturbate together. Let's you and I get off together, but no vaginal intercourse because that seems to be short circuiting the mutual pleasure aspect of all of this. So let's. Just roll around, enjoy each other, be physical, be intimate, be in close contact and let's get each other off. But let's not default to vaginal intercourse because that seems to create a shortcut past all sorts of other kinds of pleasure like my pleasure that are important too. And then he masturbates, you masturbate, you masturbate him, he masturbates you, you bust out your toys if you've used toys in the past. And if you haven't used toys, if you haven't masturbated on your own. If you can't get yourself off, you need to do that first. And then you need to show him what that looks like. You need to show him what you having an orgasm looks like and how you get there. Uh, and you can best show him that if you are capable of doing that for yourself. So go do that for yourself. And if you're already doing that for yourself, Yahtzee, do it in front of him, do it with him, use him as the sex toy that he was destined to be. Hi, Dan. I am a 30-year-old straight male in the upper Midwest. Um, I am currently experiencing uh, some a type of, uh, as in one science fiction novel, whiplash of the heart. Basically, I started seriously dating for really the first time in my life. Um, I got divorced about two years ago from a horrible woman uh, who really did some uh, mental damage. But I've done a lot of recovery over the last couple of years since I moved away from the city that we were married in. And I'm back on my feet emotionally. So something happened about 10, about a week ago, or two weeks ago, rather. Um, I met a 25-year-old female that I am absolutely stupid over online. Um, I have a lot of rules and, I guess, uh, barriers that I currently follow to prevent myself from getting hurt and to prevent, you know, stupid drama from happening. And she basically broke through all of them. We slept together on the first date about 10 hours after we met, um, and then again the next day. And it was like a whirlwind 10 days of passion, and um, that's really new for me. Well, I'm including the, uh, the follow-up, the end of that was um, actually meeting her family and her roommates that she's very close with. Um, and Yeah, that moved incredibly fast. It happened to be her graduation, things lined up. The issue is that she, one of her roommates is um, a current friend with benefits. Now, you know, I've done the poly thing and I've done the uh, kink scene and I'm not opposed to monogamish relationships, open relationships, any of that. But I'm afraid that I'm setting myself up for heartbreak here, that uh, uh, she's going to basically decide that, you know, maybe she should be with this roommate slash fuck buddy and I'm going to get left out in the cold with my heart broken. And I don't really want to do that again if this is going to just be a horrible idea. And, yeah, so I wanted your opinion to see what uh, I should really do if, like, I'm getting played here 
or yeah, what what's going on in, in a non-biased opinion? Because all my friends are basically telling me I'm an idiot, but they're not exactly as open and open-minded as I am. So it's a little odd. You need to chill the fuck out. You just got out of a long-term relationship. You just got divorced. You just ended a marriage. You met a nice girl. You say that you're not necessarily hung up on monogamy. Clearly, she's not hung up on monogamy. She sounds like kind of a free spirit. She's got a roommate. She fucks that roommate. She was uh, uh, nice enough and attractive enough and whatever enough that you decided to break all your rules to be with her and you're all seized up and you're all clenched butt about this because, oh my god, what if I get my heart broken? What if it doesn't work out? Well, the more clenched butt you are about it, the likelier it is not to work out because being with someone who's being clenched butt about you is repulsive and unattractive. And what are you so afraid of? She might choose this other guy over you. Absolutely. Even if that other guy wasn't there, even if she didn't have that fuck buddy, she might choose some other guy over you anyway. She might date you for three months or six months or nine months or a year, decide that you're not someone she wants to be with for the rest of her life, although she enjoyed that year and you two may part then. You need to be a little bit more zen about this and you need to give yourself a little bit more credit. She might choose you. But she's not going to choose you if you're spinning in circles with your hair on fire because she might choose someone else. That's true whether or not you guys are monogamously fucking around right now, whether or not she has a friends with benefit that she lives with or not. Just chill the fuck out. Enjoy what the universe has sent your way. And what she, the universe has sent your way is a 25-year-old who wants to fuck you and some other people too maybe. And maybe she wants to be with you and maybe she doesn't. And you don't know how this story is going to end. Why don't you just chill the fuck out, take the fucking sex, take yes for a fucking answer, fuck, and then see where it goes. And if it goes someplace more permanent and she chooses you, good. If it doesn't, don't be a fucking nut about it. Just take the sex from the nice lady and if you part ways, thank her for the sex and move on to some other nice lady who may jibe more with you know your rules and what you thought you wanted. And she, you'll look back on her fondly as your sort of rebound transition palate cleansing post-divorce sex, right? Let it be what it is. Don't fuck it up. Don't fuck up what it is by worrying about all the shit that could happen. She could get hit by a meteorite today and you could never see her again. Just enjoy. If you live in Colorado or if you live in Washington State, you do know that marijuana is legal now. I, I would prescribe some to you. Get high. Fuck the nice lady. Be decent to her roommate that you're going to run into every once in a while and see where it goes. You could lose. You could get your heart broken, but you could win. But you will definitely lose if you're a dick or a stress Best about this. Chill out, have some marijuana, go fuck the nice lady, take yes for an answer from the universe. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. If you're thinking about building a website or blog, you should give them a whirl. Squarespace is a unified service for giving you everything you need to create and maintain a professional looking website from domains, design, development, hosting, and support. Squarespace gives you professionally designed templates to make your website look exceptional. Each template has hundreds of customization options available to change grid layout, colors, over 300 fonts, and more. A drag-and-drop interface making it easy to customize and easy-to-use UI for managing your website. It's optimized for mobile devices, includes awesome social media integration, and their support is top-notch. Use Squarespace for all your website needs. Build it, host it, and update it anytime. 
For a free, all-inclusive trial, go to squarespace.com and sign up for a free account. No credit card needed. Just try it out and start building your website. Then if you decide to purchase it, use offer code SAVAGE1 and get 10% off your first purchase on new accounts. So that's 10% off the first month or 10% off a whole year. That's squarespace.com slash savage and use offer code SAVAGE1. Uh, hi, Dan. Uh, I was recently woken up at four in the morning while my female roommate was getting fucked in the kitchen so loud that it was shaking all the windows in our apartment. And, you know, these kinds of things tend to happen. But the thing is, uh, the guy who was having sex with her wasn't using a condom. And I know this because she was like, you're not using a condom. You're not using a condom. And he was like, hey, it's okay. I won't come inside you. Um, and I think this is just terrible. It seems like a form of sexual assault. And they're not really in a relationship. But she's been bringing him by a lot. And I just can't stand the guy. He's a real douchebag. Uh, what is my moral obligation in this situation? Uh, should I ask or bring this up in terms of uh, the obvious uh, issues? So uh, please let me know what you think. Thanks. What the guy who's fucking your roommate did was kind of a shitty thing to do, kind of a manipulative douchebag asshole thing to do. But sexual assault, I think that's overstating it. Um, I do think, however, that you should speak to your roommate about it. <laughs> you know, if somebody's fucking and the circumstances of the fucking sound dicey to you and they're fucking in, at a time and a place where you can hear everything, you have a right to be a part of their accountability feedback loop and say to them, wow, I heard that last night. I heard what he said. That guy sounds like an asshole. You know, I don't think you should see a guy who – you know, the oldest lie in the book is I won't come inside you, right? I would also then to your roommate the next morning, if this were my roommate, say, let's all march on down to the pharmacy and get some emergency contraception. Uh, just in case, you know, just in case he did come inside you or came inside you a little bit or his pre-cum had enough active swimmers in it um, that he could impregnate you. Let's err on the side of not having that kind of shitty asshole douchebag's child, shall we? Let's go get some emergency contraception. And then on the walk down to Walgreens, you can maybe with your roommate have a larger – if she wants you to come along on that walk down to Walgreens, you can have a longer conversation about this guy and whether he's a good guy. Obviously not a good guy when his dick is hard, which is usually when you want a guy to be particularly good uh, and whether she should keep dating him or not. You heard her say, oh, but you're not wearing a condom and you heard him say, oh, but uh, I won't come inside you. Then what did you hear? Did you hear him fuck her with her saying, no, no, get out of me, get out of me, get out of me? Or did you hear her say, oh, okay, so long as you don't come inside me, I guess this will be all right? Did she in that moment consent to something she probably shouldn't have consented to? In that moment consented to something that she would have thought better of had it not been in the heat of the moment. Whether this was sexual assault or not depends on whether there was consent or not. And people often during sex – there is sometimes a rolling conversation where consent is reobtained and things are sometimes renegotiated in the moment that should not be renegotiated in the moment because in the moment, people often don't think clearly. And it's kind of a shitty move on his part to reopen a conversation about whether there will be condoms or not mid-fuck. But if it was a conversation and he reopened it and she consented, then it wasn't assault. It was a shitty fucking thing to do that she probably regretted the moment it was all over. 
but it was an assault. Hopefully, while you have a longer conversation about all of this as you walk down to Walgreens to get the emergency contraception with your roommate that she needs, she'll see clearly that this isn't a guy that she can trust during sex or that she can trust herself with during sex if he's going to reopen negotiations mid-fuck about whether there's going to be condoms or not. That's not somebody you should keep seeing or she should keep seeing and hopefully she'll see that herself. But let's not let's not round it up to sexual assault when it just sounds shitty and unfortunate and assholey in the moment. Shitty assholes are capable of sexual assault, but not every shitty asshole move is itself assault. This episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com. For a limited time only, Adam and Eve will let you pick three free adult DVDs with your order. Go to adamandeve.com and order almost any one item at 50% off. Choose a new adult toy, lube, or almost anything from over 18,000 adult products. Then at checkout, enter offer code SAVAGE and you'll get to choose three free adult DVDs. That's right. You get to choose your own DVDs. Plus, receive a free mystery gift and free shipping on your entire order. Choose from all kinds of genres for both gay and straight folks. And now you can also shop on your mobile phone at Adam and Eve. That's adamandeve.com and enter Savage at checkout. Hi, Dan. This is Dustin from Philadelphia. A friend of mine needs to get out of her relationship, and I need your opinion on how can go about convincing her of this. Um, she's a 25-year-old theater artist. He's a 47-year-old professor. Uh, they've been living together for three years, and she just needs to DTMA. Um, he doesn't satisfy her sexually. He makes her feel guilty about her non-monogamous desires. Um, and the last time she brought up breaking up with him, he threatened suicide. Um, they go to swinger clubs in his age range, and he tells her that people don't want to play with them because of, quote, the way she acts. My friend is awesome, Dan, and she's hot and she's young. She's so much time in her future, but she's resigned herself staying in this abusive hostage situation of a relationship until he dies in 30 years. Uh, she actually said to me that she stayed because she feels obligated since he has basically supported her for years, where she continually breaks up whenever he brings up changing something in the relationship. So I don't know. What can I do to help her? Another brave helper. Another good citizen, uh, another good friend. All you can do is reason with your friend and say, this guy is a bag of shit. And generally someone who manipulates other people with threats of suicide isn't the kind of person who follows through with a suicide. That's a manipulative, controlling piece of shit. That isn't somebody who has mental health issues or is depressed. That's just somebody who is being an asshole. This is abusive, controlling behavior and I would – encourage you to say that out loud to her over and over and over again whenever she wants to talk about her relationship, even when she doesn't want to talk about her relationship. He's guilting her and manipulating her and you know, holding the fact that he supported her for a couple of years over her head. She's not obligated to fuck this guy for the next 30 years or to go to swing clubs and do things she's not comfortable doing to please this guy. He sounds awful. And sometimes when you're, the, you're friends with somebody who's dating an awful person, all you can do is just to reinforce that simple point over and over and over again until you're sick of it. Of course, until you realize or until it becomes clear that nothing you say matters, in which case it's Stockholm Syndrome hostage situation and you best walk away yourself before you're made insane by your friend's drama and her relationship. So encourage her to get the fuck out and talk sense to her. 
But then recognize the limits of what you're able to do. And at some point, she's free to stay in this horrible, shitty, stupid relationship with this manipulative asshole if that's what she wants to do. Hi, Dan. I'm a 27-year-old gay man who just came out last year to his mom and dad. Little backstory, I came out a couple years ago as bi, went back in the closet, and I'm still trying to figure out how to convince my parents that I'm gay. They want me to bring home a boyfriend, and I don't really think it's a great idea. What do you think I should do? How can I come up to my mom and help her to get that I'm gay without telling her I'll bring home a boyfriend? You're going to get me in trouble, caller. You're like those lesbians who are fucking men that when I play their questions, I get into all sorts of trouble because I'm reinforcing you know, the, 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 the belief that – the misconception that all lesbians secretly want dick uh, when some lesbian-identified women clearly do because we hear from them every once in a while. Um, but you're going to get me in trouble because you're one of those gay guys who identified as bi during his coming out process and then had to come out all over again as gay. Gay, which is what you were all along, you're one of those people who lead other gay people to believe that no one's really bi, that all bi guys are on their way to gay, which is not true. But a lot of gay guys meet guys who were temporarily bi and on their way to gay because some gay guys identify as bi when they're not. So this is a problem that gay semi-closet cases create for bi guys. Not that bi guys create for themselves. Uh, and so just taking your call, I'm going to get furious, furious, furious calls and emails from by people who think I had some agenda and taking your call and I really don't. I just – you were next up in the, the batting order. Here we go. Uh, why are your parents asking you to bring a boyfriend around? They want some sort of proof. They're calling the question. Are they going to want video of you sucking the boyfriend off? Uh, it seems to me that perhaps – you're misidentifying your parents' effort to accept you as gay as some sort of challenge to prove it. You know, if you come out as gay to your parents and they're hostile, usually what they say is, I don't ever want to meet one of your boyfriends. Don't ever bring anyone around the house that you're involved with sexually or romantically. It's rare for a parent to express their disapproval by asking their newly out gay identified son to bring the boyfriend by for dinner. So I would treat this not as a challenge from your parents to prove it but as evidence that perhaps your parents knew all along that you were gay and want to hustle – you know, you're 27 fucking years old. They want to like get to the point of you know, a normal relationship with their son who's been closeted for 15 years. When did you realize you were gay? Maybe your parents are anxious to demonstrate their acceptance. Not anxious to you know, force you to prove that you're actually the fag that you say you are by making you habeas corpus the boyfriend. So take uh, – like the first caller today. Take yes for an answer. Bring the boyfriend by. Let them meet your folks. Even if under some bizarre sort of demented logic on, on your parents' part, this is their way of expressing their disapproval. Why don't you just treat it like it's them expressing their approval? which seems likelier and if you react to it that way, maybe they'll make like it was that all along. Hey, Dan. I'm an 18-year-old single gay guy about to start college and I was wondering if you could help me figure out a way to explore my kink. I'm an exhibitionist. I like it when men catch me naked or masturbating. I was wondering if um, how I could explore this safely and legally. I don't like webcams or anything like that because, like, it takes the surprise out of it. But I don't want to get arrested for, like, indecent exposure or anything, like masturbating in the park or something. Yeah, so anything you can do to help. 
Okay. If you're masturbating, you know, in a public place with the goal of being caught by men and only men, uh, that leads me to believe that you're one of those gym masturbators or sauna masturbators at the gym, uh, that kind of exhibitionism, which is fine at certain gyms, but those gyms won't give you the thrill you're after at gyms where, you know, it's rampant or it's a gay sauna or it's a bathhouse kind of situation gym. You don't get that, oh, they're surprised to find me masturbating because nobody is surprised to find a dude masturbating in certain saunas at certain gyms and certain bathhouses in certain neighborhoods. So you're the kind of exhibitionistic public masturbating gay guy who ruins gyms for the rest of the gay guys. Literally, I was at the gym the other day and these two guys started talking. They looked at me and figured I must be straight, I guess, because they started talking about the gay guys at the other gym they couldn't go to because they would be masturbating in the showers and shit and it drove them crazy and gay people this, gay people that. And I interrupted them and said, you know, I'm a gay person and that shit drives me fucking crazy too. Just for the record, not just because I'm gay doesn't mean I like it when I go into the gym locker room and there's some dude tugging it in the corner. So I, perhaps I'm biased against your lifestyle choices and your question and your kink. But here's the thing. You can't really over the next – you know, think about the rest of your sex life, the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, engage in this activity, particularly in you know, the sex panic culture in which we live without getting caught and without perhaps even ultimately winding up on a sex offender registry. These were created, many of them, to protect theoretically young people and children from sexual predators and all sorts of people who really are no threat to young people or children have been thrown onto them, including teenagers who engaged in consensual sexual activity in which they were weeks or months on the wrong side of the law. You know, an 18-year-old or 19-year-old with a almost 16 or 17-year-old, most of the people who have been punished by sex offender registries are by and large, innocent teenagers. But winding up on a sex offender registry really fucks up your life. And the activities that you're engaged in, rightly or wrongly, even if you're only leaping out at other adult men, can land you on a sex offender registry. So I can't, in good conscience, give you advice about how you can pursue this. I can only tell you to pursue it because you're going to pursue it carefully and to find venues and places where Perhaps you can surprise people but they're not going to be the kind of surprised people who are going to call the police or fall on the floor or be really angry. I would be surprised as would many men would be surprised to find somebody masturbating in the corner of a gay bar on a Saturday night when everyone's toasted and partying. People would be like, wow, and maybe you'd get thrown out but you would not probably get arrested. You can find those kind of gay-specific, a little loosey-goosey and sexualized environments where you can shock and surprise other men who are gay, who aren't going to faint at the sight of a penis um, without getting into too much trouble or ruining gyms for the rest of us. Hi, Dan. I'm a 20-something kinky female living in a rural town in the Northeast. I'm having an interesting moral dilemma. I don't know if it's anything actual, but it's something I want to bring up. My ex-fiancés older brother is in town. Um, my ex is now dating his ex-girlfriend from high school, who has kids, they're very involved, and his brother is fine and very flirtatious, and I'm really attracted to him, and I feel like it's totally devious to entertain 
my defiant nature is therefore more interested. Um, trying to weigh out the pros and cons of even delving into it in a fantasy way, just in terms of how boundaries can be blurred. But please give me some advice. I want to know what you think. Am I a horrible person? I did everything I could to make it work with my ex. Um, I'm not looking for anything serious, mostly just like hot, physical, kinky, whatever. Hey, it's Dan Savage. No way. Way. Have you fucked your ex-fiance's brother yet? Are we in time? (laughs) Oh my God, not yet. I really want to. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you don't really have any obligations to your ex-fiance. You're not going to have an ongoing relationship with your ex-fiance, but his brother is going to have an ongoing relationship with his brother. Right? Right. And so (laughs) I almost feel like the person I should be talking to is your ex-fiance's brother. Now... Well, he's kind of punk rock. Like, he's kind of irreverent in that way. His brother's kind of a sissy, and I think he would kind of get off on it in a way. And I think that if it was totally secretive, it's just that I don't trust myself to, like... I, I trust myself to know the right thing, but not to necessarily do it. Well, but but how, how do you think your ex fiance would feel about this? Would he feel? Well, he would be like crushed. He's like a he's like a tender blossom. He's too sensitive for the world. That's why uh, I broke up. I was just like, I can't deal with you. You're a baby and total mama's boy. And his brother's like the opposite, like a world traveler and just like super badass just like not afraid of anything and do you have any feeling along a lot better <laughs> do you have any tender feelings in your heart for your ex-fiance any any regard for him at all um not i mean to a degree i'm i love his family and i i you know i respect that time but ding 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 I ding ding wait wait gave it everything i could i gave him every chance i could and he really just okay but up, so i was like when you say i love his family what do you mean not i, I fucked his mom his dad his uncles his cousins his sister <laughs> what do you say i love his family what do you mean um they have a really just nice dynamic between them and it's a huge family and and you um, have the power to fuck that up Forever, know. <laughs> you know. I, I think I just get off on the idea of it. And the I know it's of it, it's actually. wicked. It's wicked. It's naughty, and, and that sort of like forbidden thing is very arousing. And, and my, you know, I'm a little influenced by the fact that I lost my virginity to an ex girlfriend of one of my older brothers, and that didn't oh, fuck wow. up our relationship. We kind of laugh about it now, particularly because I'm right. America's biggest faggot now. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, even at the time, it was, you know, it was a little weird at first and tense, but it wasn't, it didn't create a lot of conflict because of who my older brother is and who I am uh, and, and who this girl was and how we all, like, mattered and figured to each other, you know, in that that relationship. It wasn't as fraught. There were no engagements broken off. There were no, nobody was a tender, tender blossom. Not my brother, not me and not her. So knowing what you know and the, the feelings you have and the good feelings you have for his family and knowing that you know it will devastate him and probably destroy his relationship with his brother, don't fuck his brother. If he knew. <laughs> he will find out. Yeah. See, these kinds of secrets, they don't keep. I know. I know. And then it's also like I think there is a sort of revengeful part of me because my ex is with his ex who was kind of always prowling around while we were together and – I just, I definitely love power, so I feel like there's that, but I'm kind of watching myself and just like, okay, just let that one go. <laughs> you, you know what you could do? You could like, you could send a feeler out. Are you in any contact with your ex? You guys, do you email ever? Do you? I've tried. He fails, so, yeah. 
Because you could just send him a, t- a tweet that says – or a text that says, God, your brother is flirting with me and I am not going to fuck your brother. And you might get back – you might get back a text that says, go ahead and fuck my brother. I don't care. And then you've got – you've got permission. I could try that. <laughs> well, I appreciate your perspective. I am so pleased to get your call. It's my birthday tomorrow. You totally made my year. <laughs> But I do think, but you know, officially, and I'm going to sum up my advice here. I think you should err on the side of fucking the other 3.5 billion men on the planet, and not your ex-fiance's <laughs> brother. Oh, you're giving me permission, and I have all kinds of other calls I've wanted to make to you about like how kinky I am and how I'm like scared to come out because I just feel like it's such a committed lifestyle, and I don't know, like you know, for how some people, there. for some people, it's a committed lifestyle. For some people, it's cops and robbers for grown-ups with your pants off. So don't feel like being open about your kinks means you have to identify with them or you know stalk around wherever it is you live in high-heeled boots and with a riding crop in your hand for the rest of your life. <laughs> True. All right. Well, I'll find my niche. That's what this year will be about for me. Okay. Thank you, Nan. Happy Happy New Year. You too. Happy New Year. Hey, Dan. I'm a 30-year-old, queer, poly-identified woman in the Pacific Northwest. Currently, I'm dating one lovely 30-year-old man. We've been seeing each other for between one and two years, depending on how you spell it, I guess. This boy and I have really bonded around sexuality, not just doing it, but uh, thinking and talking about it, uh, about kink and sex positivity. So we talk about the podcast a lot, though we just listened together for the first time yesterday. We've tried to think of reasons to call in, but I guess we've always felt like we can answer our own questions until last night when we realized we actually could use some advice. Our sex life involves a lot of really deliciously compatible power exchange play. We enjoy a lot of VSM activities, um, But really, it's the simple things, you know, Uh, and the simple act of sucking his cock uh, seems to really be imbued with our ideal power dynamic, you know, especially when my hands are bound behind my back. The thing is, I know how much it would get him off to force me to make eye contact while he fucks my face, and that really turns me on. This isn't a problem for me. It's not that I don't want to, Uh, but alas, Dan... My beautiful boyfriend's cock stands at such a steep angle to his body that I can't seem to point my face at his while he's in my mouth. Like I said, I haven't encountered this before. So, uh, yeah, last night during our post-sex snuggle and recap, we thought, hey, could this be a question for Dan? He sucks cock. Maybe he has an idea. Um... I'd love to give this man great face while giving him great head. Any thoughts? Boy, that was a reach. That was a desperate attempt to come up with a question that could get you onto the podcast. But I do have an answer for you. Do you know those little mirrors that people who ride bikes wear on their helmets that stick out? You need to get those mirrors on sticks or like little dental mirrors for bike helmets and have them arc welded onto a cock ring that your boyfriend wears with the mirrors pointed down so that when you look down, you're looking down into those little mirrors that are pointing up and then you can make eye contact that way. Problem solved. Thank you for calling the podcast. Hi, Dan. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you and yours. I've uh, got a question for you. I'm 42, straight, kinky. I'm in a long-distance uh, relationship with 
the best girlfriend in the world. Uh, we have great sex, great intimacy, great communication. Um, because our time together is limited and too far in between, uh, we try to go to great lengths to try and you know, fulfill each other's needs, fantasies, and whatever. And she's got a fantasy about having sex in a cemetery. Uh, the whole thing about you know it being forbidden, it being outside, the risk of being caught, and everything else. I'm just wondering if you or any of your listeners have any advice about how to try to fulfill that fantasy. This is an easy one. You find a cemetery and you fuck in it. You don't want to find one that's got a fence around it and has a lot of video monitors pointing at every entrance, of course, but you can drive off into the countryside. There are cemeteries that really no one's watching and it's dark and you can fuck in them. And you have the advantage of being a straight couple so that when you find that cemetery and you fuck in it, even if you get caught, even if the police should pull up, um, they're likely just to pat you on your head and send you on your way. You will not, like the exhibitionist earlier in the show, wind up on a sex offender registry. You will get a chuckling officer most likely telling you to pack up and get the fuck out and get a room. If you were a same-sex couple, you would probably go to jail if the police came to the cemetery where you were fucking. So enjoy your hetero privilege. Find a cemetery way out in the middle of nowhere. Sneak in. Bring a blanket. Use a condom and fuck the shit out of that girl. Hi, Dan. I was the previous caller on podcast 322. I was the promiscuous question caller. And I just wanted to follow up with you and let you know that I replayed your response to my question for him. And he responded with an apology. And also he wanted to let it go and let the past be the past and told me that I mean too much to him for him to hold that grudge on me. And so I just wanted to call you and thank you for your advice and thank you for responding to my question. And I love your podcast and I will keep listening and thank you for so much help. Hello, this is a call regarding the uh, heartwarming Christmas episode where the guy was coming too fast uh, with his girl he felt was really hot. Um, I would suggest priming the pump a little bit. Get yourself off a couple of times before the date, and uh, you should be able to last a little bit longer. Just don't forget to change your underwear before the date. Hi, I'm calling in response to episode 322, the guy with the spreadsheet. When I heard his call as a fellow organized spreadsheet-loving control freak, I just wanted to grab him and give him a gigantic hug. He kind of sounded like my perfect guy. I, too, um, have considered similar spreadsheets until... I realize there's just one thing that's too hard to assign a numeric value to, and that is chemistry. And trust me, trying to calculate and turn people into data completely zaps all possibility of even having chemistry, which is the single thing that can override all your other numbers. So stop with the spreadsheets. Get to know a girl organically. And trust me, there are girls out there who would find it super cute to learn that spreadsheeting women was something that you used to do in your quest to find the right person for you. Good luck. And we're going to leave it there. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you'd like to record a question or comment for a future show, give us a buzz. You can also go to thestranger.com slash lovecast, where there's a comment thread on each and every show. The podcast is produced every week by Nancy Hartunian and me and the tech-savvy at-risk youth. We'll be back at you next week with another installment of the Nancy Hartunian-produced Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading.